Good morning. Let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing. Brethren, we have met to worship and grace greater than our sin. Brethren, we have met to worship and adore the Lord our God. Will you pray with all your power while we try to preach the word? All is made unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. Brethren, pray and holy manna will be showered. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is great. 
Amen. Thank you for coming to worship this morning. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Lord in heaven, we come before you and we do so with humble hearts, asking that it would be you that ministers to our souls as only you can do. And truly, we have come this morning with a desire to lift you up and exalt you, to sing praises, to come to you in prayer, to look into your holy word. For truly, you are worthy of all our worship. Please guide and direct throughout our building as people work with children from the nursery all the way up to your children in the sanctuary here. Break to the most senior of the saints, Lord. It is you that cares for our souls. We look to you and rest in you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Please be seated.
sing together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing, Lift High the Name of Jesus.
Christ will hold me fast. Justice has been satisfied. He will hold me fast. Praise with Him to endless life. He will hold me fast till our faith is turned to sight. When He comes at last, He will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. To overthrow the grave, to this. 
with me, if you would please, and turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 this morning. We're going to look, we're going to focus in on verse 13. Title of, of the message this morning simply is, you are the salt of the earth. And this verse is not a long verse, but within this verse is a lot of great truth. So Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 says, ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. This week, Terry Phillips and I were talking up in my office. He had swung by, came up, and he was just kind of chatting with me. And he was talking about how that uh, we'd gotten all this snow and he was driving up into town. And he was talking about how he saw with a truck that the state truck had stopped, turned on its salt machine, but the little whirly gig hadn't happened yet. So there was like a pile of salt sitting in the road. And he told me, he says, man, if I'd only had a shovel with me, I could have got out there and thrown that in the back of my truck. And when, I, when he talked about that, it, this verse came to my mind. In fact, this morning, as I was driving into church, I was coming through Virgins and up on the right-hand side, they got these big bump-outs now, so they were, they were having to remove all the snow from those areas. 
And I, I too saw where the truck had pulled up and salt had dumped a pile of salt. I, I did not think to bring a shovel myself either, but I saw that big pile of salt. And you know, you and I in the generation we live in, we really take for granted salt. Salt is just salt. I mean, you have it on your table, your doctor tells you not to use it. You know, we just, salt is everywhere for us. It's just a common commodity. But when we read this in this text, I want you to understand it's absolutely not the case in that day. In fact, salt had extreme value to ancient people. People before the Industrial Revolution, they got their salt through game, through, through meat and blood and the organs. Your organs carry a higher quantity of salt in it than other things. Or they would follow game trails and they would look for salt licks and ancient people would gather salt at those places of salt. When industrialization began to happen and uh, the ability to really mine out large volumes of salt, it devalued salt. But throughout most of people's history, salt was extremely valuable. In fact, when Rome was just a republic before it became an empire, one of the very first roads it built was the road called Via Salaria. And it went from the capital of Rome all the way down to the Adriatic Sea because there were pools that would naturally create salt crystals and it became a great travel route, a trade route to bring that salt to Rome. They built a road just for transporting salt. In fact, early years, some soldiers, their salaries were buffered by salt. And you might think to yourself, well, that's way, way back there. History says the War of 1812 in the United States of America, part of their salary for a soldier was salt because it was so valuable. It was hard to get. It was a commodity. The very word salary comes from the Latin word for salt. Thus, we have the saying, you are worth your salt. So we really begin to understand the value of salt when we understand the history of salt. And when you think about the, the, uh, the properties, the powers within salt, we grasp a little bit of what this text is talking about when it says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. So what are the properties or powers of salt? We know it's a preservative. Throughout history, people have used salt to preserve. And you and I, when it comes to us being the salt of the earth, we too are a preservative upon the world, upon society. The Bible teaches that we should have an impact where we live, preserving righteousness. Salt is a form of a spice. I know that uh, I like a little salt. Sandra Jo likes a lot of salt. And so she loves the taste of salt. It spices up all the food for her. We had to learn as young marrieds 
uh, for her to not salt our food. She could pour on hers and I could sprinkle on mine and we did just fine. Uh, but it is a spice of life. And you and I, the salt of the earth, it should be that we add to our society. We should be a part of the spice of life. Not for bad, but for good. We, we certainly within our hearts have a joy unspeakable, full of glory. That should affect those around us. It should be that people enjoy being in our presence as believers because of God in us and through us. So we certainly see the application there. And then, as I mentioned a minute ago, the power, the property of de-icing. Isn't that amazing that today salt is so common that literally we spread it on our streets to de-ice? Well, we do that for safety, don't we? We do it to make it a little bit safer to travel. But not just for that. I had uh, new gravel put on my driveway. I think it was either last summer or the summer before because years run into the other for me, I'm sorry. Uh, but when I had that gravel spread, the guy who did the gravel, he told me, he says, you know, they have a product that's salt-based. If you'll go out and spread that on, they'll really make your gravel hard and pack it. And so I did, I got some bags of that stuff, got a spreader, spread the whole driveway. What a huge difference it made. Made my driveway hard, solid. There's some properties there to salt. In fact, we use salt when we add it to food and let it dry the salt out. It has that quality of making the salt safer. Now, don't ask your doctor about this. <laughs> but ask that hunter who goes ahead and makes deer jerky or bear jerky or beef jerky. It pulls all the moisture out so that the germs can't get in there and breed. It dries it out. Isn't it amazing? So you and I, we have a certain quality that makes our society a little safer because we are the salt of the earth. Makes it a little safer because we, we tell people, remove from your life those things that are so harmful to you. You know, we teach our kids, don't drink, don't smoke, you know, don't do drugs, don't do these things that harm you and damage you. We try to wick away those things out of their lives, don't we? So that their life is safer, more preserved. It's amazing how when you take this text, you are the salt of the earth. But if thou shalt have, if, if the salt have lost the, the, his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out, to be trodden underfoot of men. So we understand the value is amazing. Certainly as a healer, when I was a kid, I remember very well before they had all the uh, amazing stuff that you can buy at the drugstore. When I would get a sore throat as a little kid, my mom would have me gargle salt water. How many of you remember that? Wow, I'm not that old. <laughs> And also, I remember as a kid, we'd go to the ocean. And if we had any little sores or anything like scrapes or cuts, I was always surprised as a kid how much faster it would heal when I would swim in the ocean because of that healing power of salt. 
So as we approach this text, we understand that what God is tapping into is a very, very ancient perspective of salt. Highly valuable, highly sought after, and very powerful. That's who he says we are. We are the salt of the earth. Now we understand that that comes through the power of God in us and through us. So while we recognize the value, we have to strive to maintain its worth. And that's exactly what he's saying in this text. When he comes down here and he says to us, ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, you see, he's challenging us to look at the value, recognize the value of us being the salt of the earth, but he's saying, make sure you don't lose the savor, make sure you don't lose the power of that salt, because all of a sudden you become worthless. I was talking to a gentleman not that long ago, and he was talking to me about struggles in his life. And he told me, he says, you know, one of my biggest concerns is the influence my personal struggles are going to have on my kids. And he was right. You know, if we're not careful, our greatest weaknesses, next thing we know, become our kids' greatest weaknesses. And oftentimes what we do a little, they do a lot. So we have to protect the savor of us being the salt of the earth. We've got to protect the power, the presence, the value of Christ in us and through us. You have to maintain that through our Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, there's a number of scriptures that help us in this regard. I want you to turn with me, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 5. When we look in Ephesians chapter 5, we see how that in verses 8 down through 11, the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit gives us strength and power to live our lives as the salt of the earth. Listen as I read to you Ephesians chapter 5 verses 8 down through 11. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. And the interesting thing about our text back there where we looked at Matthew chapter 5 verse 13, verses 14, 15, and 16 talks about us being the light in the world. So we see how God connects the two. So here again, he's talking to us about these elements of value. He says, you are sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So he wants us to understand that we ourselves, we've got to retain that value. Whether it's the salt of the earth or the light of the world, we've got to go ahead and walk as that child, that child of the salt of the earth, that child of the light. Verse nine, he says, for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. You and I in our lives, we have to step back and say, yes, God, you said I am the salt of the earth. I recognize the value and I accept my responsibility to keep the savor there. And I do it through the power of the Holy Ghost. I do it through the power of the fruits of the Spirit in my life. Letting God do His work in me. Instead of us uh, suppressing it, we enhance it. It's kind of like you that are big gardeners. Sandra Joe, and I struggle with gardening. 
But some people, I mean, they are just green thumb folks, don't they? It's almost a neon green thumb on some folks. They just, if, if they look at it, it grows. It's like Jack and the Beanstalk. I mean, bam, it's there. For us, it's not. But when you really talk to people, the reason they're great gardeners is the reason some people are great hunters. They put the time in. They get out there, they work with it, they, they add stuff to the soil, they aerate the soil. Some people play music for their plants. I mean, they put the time in to make that stuff grow. Well, that's what God is saying to you and I. If you're going to keep the savor of you being the salt of the earth, he says, let the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit work in you and through you. But another area is simply obedience. Look with me, if you would, to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 14, 15, and 16, if you would. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. And when you look back at verse 14, see what it says? It says, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the formal lusts in your ignorance. So he's talking to you and I about our influence, our power, about our presence as the salt of the earth, as the light of the world, however you want to apply it. And he tells us we need to be obedient children. It's part of reality. Learning to do right. Learning to be obedient. Learning to follow the rules, to follow the laws. So in our Christian lives, we look to the Bible and we say, well, Lord, what do you have for us? What, what is your will? And we search out, we seek out, and we say, yes, Lord. And thereby we maintain our savor, our value as the salt of the earth. The other thing is I want you to turn over just a little bit, a few books over to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, and I want you to look at verses 15 and 16 if you would. He says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but it is of the world. That's an interesting statement for the Bible to make. Because they certainly were not living in the year 2022, were they? They were living in ancient times. And here he's telling them, he's saying, listen, you need to recognize the destruction of loving the things of the world versus loving the things of God. They had very much the same problems we had today. We don't think so because, I mean, 
Clearly, they had no internet, they had no television, they had no telephones, they didn't have the newspaper, magazines, they didn't have all that mass communication that you and I have all around us today. So you, th you would think it was a, a simpler, purer life, but it's not so at all. They lived in a world that was full of the same kind of sins that we are bombarded with in this world. And God tells them, if you want to retain your savor as the salt of the earth, if you want to retain your value as a presence in the world, he says, then you need to go ahead and choose to love not the world. Now he's not talking about living, breathing, functioning, your family, your work, doing the things that are life. He's talking about the craziness of the world, the lusts and the things that drive people to do things that cause great heartache for them. Just this last week on the news, if, if, if you watch the news at all, you see the craziness of the world we live in. People uh, reflecting on and looking at the things that other people have done in their lives, whether it be sexual harassment or inappropriate relationships or drugs, alcohol, and they tap back in and they pull it to the presence and they hold that person up and they reflect on all the destruction in their lives. Royalty in England, there's this ongoing constant play on the news of looking back over the years of some of these folks who now today are in their 50s, 40s, 50s, 60s, they'll go back 20, 30 years and show these people as debauched. They live debauched lifestyles. And, and so they, they're doing that, well, for many different reasons, but you look at that and you think to yourself, why? Why did they do that? What, what was so, why would, you, why would you take and rake your life through all that muck and mire? It never goes away. People pull up photographs. They pull up stuff off the internet. They pull out old, old letters and old information and they show the destruction in people's lives. You and I, we may not be famous, obviously we're not famous enough to have pictures and internet stories, but in our own lives, we can look back and we can say, oh yeah, there were such foolish things I did. Such destructive things when we were young and foolish and caught up in all that. And here he's saying to us, he's saying, listen, if you want to keep your savor as the salt of the earth, then you have to recognize those destructive things in the world and don't love them, avoid them, stay away from them, don't get involved in them. So he's warning us, he's showing us that we are of great value to him and his work and the world we live in. We are a presence that makes a great difference but only if we work at letting God work in us and through us. Without that effort, without that perspective, then all of a sudden our savor becomes worthless. That's what he says. He says our presence, our power, the essence of being salt of the earth. He says if it's not protected and cared for, it becomes without value. So for us, we have to step back and look at them. We have to say to ourselves, well, how much does it matter to me? Well, it should matter a lot to you. 
In ancient days, salt was so prized that it was protected. In fact, the caravans for those trade routes would bring armed guards. Now they weren't carrying M16s and all kinds of weapons. They were carrying swords and knives, the high-tech stuff of their day. And they would protect and guard that salt. Why? Because it was valuable. And for you and I, it's the same thing. We should protect. We should fight the good fight of faith. We should cherish the value of being the salt of the earth. God gives us a plan. He gives us some things to help us and enable us to do this very thing. If you'll look with me over at Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 2. Very, very familiar verse. I often reference it when I'm preaching. And the reason I do is because it is such a good verse for all of us. Listen to what it says. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You and I, here we are in the year 2022, we have to go ahead and decide to renew our minds. And how do we do that? Through the transforming power of God. Not by being conformed to this world, but by letting him do a work in us. And why? Because that is good and acceptable and perfect. It is the will of God. So he gives to us a plan. If you truly recognize the, the value of being the salt of the earth, then you allow God to change you and make you into that person who was of great essence. The very presence of God in you and through you. That you might influence your children, your neighbors, your co-workers, your friends. As we look in the scriptures, he continues to give us the plan. Turn with me, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 3. When we go over to Hebrews chapter 3, listen to verses 12 and 13. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So here he's, he's giving us another action plan that we might put into place as a believer, as a Christian, as the salt of the earth. He's showing us that we can actually take steps to preserve that savor in our lives. That's why he says, take heed. That means, listen, brethren, listen to what I'm telling you. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. He wants us to guard putting impure things against the, the uh, salt of the earth, the essence of that salt. So he says, I want you to listen. I want you as brethren to take heed, lest any of you have an evil heart of unbelief, departing from the living God. And then he gives us the action plan. Listen to the action plan in verse 13. But exhort one another daily. So you and I help one another. We help one another to stay pure as the salt of the earth. Um, Sandra Jo, she has at the house, she's got some salt shakers where you crank it and it breaks up big granulars of salt. 
And then for me, we have salt shakers that has the really fine salt. So, because I don't want those great big hunks of salt. I want just a little salt is good with me. I don't need to crunch it and taste it. I just a little. But I don't want anything in my salt. Like I, I don't want somebody, you know, I don't, I don't want somebody to add food coloring to my salt. I don't want, I don't want other, other minerals in my salt. I don't want any other chemicals in my salt. I just want that pure all-American white ground salt. That's all I want. Don't add seawater. I don't want all the minerals that are floating out in the sea. I don't want residue gasoline in there. I, I just want pure, clean salt. So when you look at this, he's telling us, he's saying, listen, you have to guard and protect. In order to have pure essence of salt, you have to work at it. And he's telling us, exhort one another daily, encourage one another, help other, each other, lift up each other, that you as the salt of the earth might remain pure, that there would not be the creeping in and of the evil heart of unbelief. So he gives us this action plan, exhort one another daily so that you keep your salt pure, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So we help one another to stay away from the deceitfulness of sin. Because sin is deceitful, isn't it? It's, you know, it, it's just amazing how good it can make it sound. And there's so many things in our world that way today, isn't there? You have to be really careful of the craziness that's out there. People who do all the internet, constantly searching on the internet, man, I'm telling you what, there's stuff that will pop up that you gotta be really careful of. Little kids, I, what was that? I was, somebody was showing on the news the other day one of these dare things that teenagers got off the internet. And I mean, kids are dying from this kind of craziness. I think putting uh, soap pods, <laughs> Tide pods. And do they actually eat them? What in the world? Who would eat a Tide pod? But somehow somebody entices somebody to do it through a dare or this or that. So here he tells us, he says, exhort one another. Encourage each other, help each other to stay pure, to stay clean, to stay sane in a crazy and insane world. It's not just modern things, it's ancient times. There's always been that enticement to do that which is destructive. And here he's given us an action plan so that we don't get drawn in, so that we don't lose our savor. He says, work at exhorting and encouraging one another that we might not be deceived. The last one I wanna show you is in Galatians chapter two, verse 20. As part of this effort to retain our savor as the salt of the earth. Look with me at Galatians chapter two, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. 
And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When we look at this text, it reminds us that it's all about letting Christ live through us. It's all about recognizing the value of the salvation we have, the presence of God in us and through us. And he tells us, he says, listen, you died yourself that Christ might live in us and through us. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. You and I are the salt of the earth. It is valuable. It's powerful. But it has to be protected. Lest it lose its savor and be just discarded. You and I, we have to take the action plan and work it. We need to renew our minds through the teaching and preaching of the things of God. We need to daily exhort one another that we might avoid the deception of sin that would destroy our testimonies. And we have to live by faith. Easy to say, but a challenge to do. But really, who of us here is not able to step up to a challenge? God knows we're able. We need to step up to the challenge and say, yes, Lord, here am I. I will step up to the challenge. You've told me I am even as the salt of the earth, and therefore I will step up. And I will exhort others. I will allow your word to change and transform my thinking that I might glorify you. And I will step up and walk a life of faith. Now that all begins by receiving Jesus Christ as our Savior. Because in and of ourselves, we are sinners. But through Christ, we become saints. Born again, children of God. Thereby becoming the salt of the earth. So this morning, as we get ready to be dismissed, if you have never received Christ as your Savior, then I encourage you to come. Let us open the Bible. Let us show you in the scriptures. Let us pray with you today that you might receive Christ into your heart. And you that have already done that, let's recognize and understand the value of being the salt of the earth. Let's take God's action plan and be more than hearers but doers of his word that we might make a difference in the world we live in. Let's bow our heads. And as we bow our heads and look in our hearts, I ask you this morning, to examine yourself and to look and see as the fruit of the Spirit at work in you. Are you an obedient child of God? Have you fallen in, the love, in love with the things of the world and pushed aside the things of righteousness? Only you and God can see those things in your heart and soul. As we look and as we examine, Let's let God stir us to seek his action plan and do his action plan. Father in heaven, as we come into this invitation time, I pray for your Holy Spirit to stir each of our hearts. Whether we come to the altar or right where we are, I pray that you'd help us to stay, step up and take the challenge.
If there be one person here that does not know Christ as their Savior, Lord, how I pray you'd stir their soul. Woo, and, woo them and beckon them that they might come and receive you today. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Let's all stand. John is going to play for us and lead us in an invitation song. And as we sing that song of invitation, if you need to come to the altar, then come. Or right where you are. Maybe you need to pray. And just acknowledge to God the value of being the salt of the earth. And the responsibility to, to hold, to protect the savor of that salt of the earth. Let's go ahead and sing. Come just as you are. Hear the Spirit call. Come just as you Father in heaven, as we dismiss this morning, I pray that you'd be with us as we go forth. We do lift up Kathy's brother, Joe, and we lift up Marty. and Lord, we also lift up before you Joyce Jackson as she uh, shoveled snow yesterday and is really in tremendous pain today. We lift up before you our church family, both near and far, people who are worshiping online, I pray that you'd help us as a church body to come together in unity and Lord, to be the salt of the earth. How desperately our world needs today the savor of Christian people in all places. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Wonderful, merciful Savior.
precious Redeemer and friend. Who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls of men. Counselor, comforter, keeper, spirit, lost the way oh we hopelessly lost the way you are the one that we praise you are the one we adore you give the healing and grace our hearts always hunger for oh our hearts always hunger